Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, the last book I wrote was heavy. All right. Hey, Gary. This is Evie. Uh, my name is Randy Rebine. Uh, but my name is Jared Krizoska. I don't think I'm a person that curses a lot. Heart just goes out to everybody. I'm excited. Awesome. Hi. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Today, I have a very close guest that is literally like, 30 minutes away from me. This is a first. I am so excited to talk to her today. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Gail D. Villanueva. And um, like Gary said, I'm in the Philippines. I'm in, uh, the author of My Faith According to the Butterfly. And most recently, like as in April 20, recently, uh, I'm also the author of Sugar and Spike. Wow, I'm so excited to talk to you today. <laughs> As we talked a little bit about, like, in the beginning, before we press play, um, I want to check in with you just to see how you're doing, um, check in and see how, like, your family's doing. Um, How are things for you, knowing that the Philippines right now are, we're dealing with it, right? We're dealing with it, but how how are things going with you? It can be exhausting, especially when you have to, like, do stuff outside. It's like, it's a whole production, just going to the grocery like everything has to be done at the right time and at the right moment because just you know just one mistake just can be like you know it can it's a matter of life and death so just have to adjust and it's been a year but it's still exhausting but trying to get Mm -hmm. used to it you do you do and <laughs> we've talked a little bit about this again in the beginning so you are published in the u.s but you are located in the philippines I know, right? how does that <laughs> yeah how does that happen um can you tell us a little bit about that journey interestingly uh, like um since you like um since you also live here you do like um you don't know this like a lot of our books here are published in the u.s and um the philippines is like a huge importer of books from the U.S. and that's the kind of books that I grew up with and um, normally when they it's a it's starting to become different now but before when I was a kid Filipino authored books are classified under one umbrella term it's called the Filipiniana section and even if you have like picture books like anything like um, fantasy books they're all lumped together under one umbrella term so most of my the books that I grew up with are the ones set in, the ones published in the U.S. and and I don't know so like probably just made me think that I want to have a book published too. And I want it to come up here and I want kids like me to read it and see that there's a possibility for them to actually published and like you know failures all the world and it's it's a huge undertaking like you know it's like i have big dreams but uh, it's nice to be able to do your part if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. to to like make a difference and just even just one kid's life because you're doing that i i hope i am because like when i was a kid if i had like all these access to Filipino authored books, it would have been made such a huge difference. You know, like, it, there really is a thing about, like, reading when you don't see yourself 
in those stories that you read and and like I said like when, when I was a kid like I'm not exactly very young <laughs> I'm like okay fine. I'm like 39 so like when you're like my age and and during the time when I was a kid diver- the diversity push is still very much non-existent so I grew up with stories by white people about white people and how practically no Filipinos especially brown ones so like it, it kind of gives you this feeling like you don't really exist and you only exist in this world that you know but outside like in the US or like or other countries and or whatever outside the world you, you kind of wonder if you exist in those worlds because the books that you read don't really feature you or like even mention that you exist so I don't know it would have been made a lot of difference if I had a book like this when I was a kid so. wow. <laughs> yeah no, I agree and I can totally relate like I've said this a few times before on the podcast like I think I never really loved reading um, yeah and I remember going to school and the same thing I didn't see books that looked like me I went all the way through university not really reading I would read a lot of like books about people, like biographies, those mm-hmm. into interesting, like different people. Never read academic, YA, most like middle grade, yeah. mostly exactly. academic books. Exactly. I didn't read like a full book until my wife gave me a book when I was in, I think I was in India at the time. She gave me The Kite Runner. Um, and then from there, she introduced me to Jason Reynolds. And I was like, holy crap, like, <laughs> how is this? Like, there's this guy who looks like me and writes stories about people that look like me that have same experiences as me and like what you are doing right now with your books like it literally opened a whole new world for me and here I am I was an educator at that time so I wasn't I was reading picture books I was kind of reading something like early readers and I still wouldn't pick up a YA book or a middle grade book because I just didn't even know but I 100% agree with you like those are the reasons why we need those books in the world and you're doing such a good job of that Thank you. So you used you, 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 you used to, and I think you still are, into like web design and technology. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've done my research. I've looked, like, I know, like, that is, that's for almost 20 years now or something like that, right? I know. <laughs> I've been... Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, the funny thing about that is when I was a kid, if you've met me, you'd never think that I was a secretly a geek <laughs> yeah I guess like uh I do read a bit like I said I read the white awkward books most of often Sweet Valley Twins you know, like I'm pretty sure you heard of them uh, and um but I was mostly an athlete mm-hmm. a jock literally a basketball player <laughs> for the varsity team and like they nobody imagined that I was at home enjoying and having fun playing around with code. And that's the interesting thing about this is that uh, I, I'm not sure it's probably just I, I don't know why it's the case, but if you put me in a classroom setting, I'm the type of student that's gonna be like really hard to uh, how do you describe it? not to 
kick out of the classroom. <laughs> Most likely, I'm probably the student that you would say stay at the back or go outside because you're making too much noise or you're not paying attention or something like that. Because like, I'm, it, it's really hard for me to do one thing at a time. So I have to do things, two things at the same time. Like, I need to multitask. That's, that's the kind of like person I am. So like if you tell me to take down notes, I'm probably gonna decorate the whole notebook with doodles and stuff. So it's, mm -hmm. it's just the type of person that I am. And and I, I don't know, I, I find it difficult in a classroom setting, but if you give me something and you tell me, I want you to know how this works. And that's exactly how I learned web design. Because like, I just deconstructed a website and just found out how things went together. Because like, I need to see how it's actually implemented. So that is that is so cool. <laughs> that is so cool. That is so cool. And was that something that kind of ran in your family, or was it just something you just found interesting? No, that's funny. Funny you ask that because like. My, my mom, before she had her stroke, she was a really great florist and a watercolor artist. My dad yeah. is a photographer. He's currently like, um, he's a photojournalist at the moment. And um, my sister is like really great with uh, oil pastels. She's like a genius with that. And me, <laughs> me. I needed to be different because like mm. when you have like family members who are kind of like brilliant at what they do you really want to pick a skill that you know that they can't do so no matter what how much you suck you're still gonna be better than they are <laughs> and that's exactly why I picked web design because I was Pretty sure they, they don't have the patience to deconstruct it. I do. So yeah, I decided like, you know what? I'm gonna use I'm gonna like study web design because mom, dad, and my sister can't do it. And even if you know, even if I suck at it, I'm still gonna be better than they are at that. So, <laughs> it's that, yeah, that's how it started. And the, for some reason just got hooked and 20 years later, I'm still enjoying doing what I do. That's the best. And I think that's yeah. what it's all about, right? I think yeah. you try to, as much as pos possible, find the things that you love. And if you can hone in on that and zoom in on that and continue that throughout your life, like for the most part, most people that are doing things that they are passionate about are yeah. happy. Like, I don't think people who are doing things that they're passionate about <laughs> are not happy <laughs> yeah you're not gonna be happy if you keep on like especially if it's gonna feed you <laughs> if, like, if, if you're doing something that you don't like it is now that you mentioned it like i remember like when, when there was this one kid during a school visit who asked me you like your job because <laughs> my mom doesn't like hers <laughs> wow yeah one. i was like that's a really nice question and I can honestly tell you that I do, even for after how many years. And it, it's one of those things that you answer a kid wholeheartedly without. You have to. Yeah, and like you're gonna tell them honestly, and you don't 
sometimes like you know if you're not sure if you like your job at all and a kid asks you that you're you're kind of gonna be like how am i gonna answer this but at that moment that the moment that they asked that the, the kid asked me that i was like yeah i do i, I didn't hesitate and and that's an idea yeah, maybe yeah yeah, I think that, yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that. And I think it's so good because it also makes me think about how important it is just for us to tell the truth to kids. Like, yeah, definitely. Because they know. Like, they know. And I think that's the, the, the part that sometimes adults forget. Like, you, when you lie to them, you make it worse for yeah. one because they're going to find out the truth. And I teach third grade, and I am very honest about the things that are happening in the world when kids are being kind to each other when kids ask questions about friendships or why so-and-so isn't being nice to me. Like, I think we have to, we have to be very careful about, like, pitching the truth with kids. Yeah, I think exactly. we need to be very honest with them because, again, they are the future of our world. <laughs> right? Honestly, you um, know what, the funny thing is that a lot of adults think kids, um, you know, they're smarter than adults think they are I mean they they I remember someone asked me in, in an interview like uh, do, do you think it's um okay to like uh, discuss difficult topics with children and um because my first book it, it discussed the drug war in the Philippines in, in an age-appropriate manner and like she was asking like um what made me want to do that and and I was like why not because it's 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 a reality that a lot of families in the Philippines face. And I, I don't see the point that you don't talk about it and like lie to kids about it. Like, you know, you, we need to be honest with them. And like, it's, I feel like we're equipping them better if we, they know what it's about and they understand instead of like mm -hmm. lying or like not telling them anything. So, yeah. I agree. They know, like yeah, they, know. <laughs> they hear their parents or their siblings or they watch it on TV or they look at it Definitely. on YouTube, like the kids know. Um, why not allow them to at least have the dialogue with you to help them, like allow them to have the dialogue so they can help themselves understand and then exactly. come to their own conclusions. I think the hardest part is, especially as an educator, it's like sometimes parents or people in general think that we are like, showering these kids with like our beliefs then it's not that at all it's yeah, like we exactly. are opening up conversations for them to come up with their own conclusions about mm -hmm. how they feel about a specific situation so yeah i think it's so important that you share that yes i love my job i really <laughs> like my job with that kid because it could have been i think again when we don't tell the truth to kids it makes them doubt things it makes them think about things in different ways that they don't have to Right. Yeah, it's, and, it's and I think the reason why to. the kid asked me as well is, is that I have a feeling that some she, he, she probably asked an adult and they said yes, but they didn't feel like they really loved the job, something sure. like that. So that's sure. probably like because like I get the weirdest questions. Like there was one question that it felt like one of the most existential questions I've ever gotten was from a. Um, 11 year old girl and she was asking me why do you like ducks like, it's not do you like ducks it's why, why? <laughs> and i'm like mm, that stumped me 
why do I like ducks? It's like, and and since we had like um we only had like uh like probably twenty minutes or twenty thirty minutes during the um school visit, so I I couldn't like really think about it that much. So the, the only thing that came to my mind was like, well, I like ducks because they're cute and they're like like dogs. They act like dogs, but they have beaks and they have wings and they. And the kid was like happy about it already. Like good it answer. was like That's the a good perfect answer. answer. Yeah, it's a good answer for her. But after long after that conversation, it was like I um, I was lying on my bed and I was like asking my husband, why do we like ducks? <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was a and he was even asking himself, yeah, you know what? That's a good question. I, I'm not even sure why we do. Why do we like ducks? <laughs> <laughs> no, I bet you get some of the most interesting questions from kids because you yeah. talk to a range of ages. I bet you get so many interesting questions all the time. Yeah, I exactly. bet you do. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, usually, so it's the um, uh, the thirteen-year-olds who ask me more writing-specific questions mm-hmm. because I, I think most of them are like already starting to like really start on writing their own books and yeah. And, yeah. and I love seeing like um especially BIPOC uh, uh uh young authors. I love mm-hmm. seeing them as like you can see the passion. That's like Yeah, yeah. That's just, cool. Yeah. That's cool. When you see kids asking questions about the process, yeah, and you get a chance to even see their writing and when they get excited about it, I think that is like like yeah, I, I think that's so cool because it allows them to have hope and hold on to it and it goes back to the passion piece that we talked about like they can hold on to that for for so long when they continue to see people that look like them doing the stuff that they love to do oh yeah i, right. I remember there was one kid um um he, he was a he was a young black uh 13 year old boy and um he was asking me like um how did you feel about writing as a brown author in in, in, wow. in in an industry that's so full of like people like do wow. you think how how hard is it to to get into that kind of industry and I was like telling him you know what you have a story to tell go for it and 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 you can see in his eyes he was like you can see the hope like it, it was always like there was a spark in there and I was like mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I made him feel better, uh-huh. feel better, and the, and, uh-huh. and it was like really satisfying seeing him. Like the first, the moment that he went in front of the screen at first, and he was like, you can feel that he was hesitating about going for it, and like, but then when he sees somebody who, 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 you know who actually kind of like not exactly like 100% succeed but actually like get a level of success in it tell him that you can do it whatever mm-hmm. story you have it's worth telling and you should go for it and like I felt like the, those simple words were enough for him to you know like really really continue writing and and, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the best things about being an author is that you get to like um uh you get to inspire a generation of new mm-hmm. writers and and and, mm-hmm. and like, I think that's the most worthwhile thing. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, I want to ask you a question because I think it goes with what he asked you. It's like your feelings on like the idea of own voices mm -hmm. in writing. And you talked about that, like just how important it is to see kids. Oh my, do I hear something? Do I hear something in the background? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's her. She, <laughs> she, she's chirping again <laughs> near the mic. So. I love it. <laughs> so I do my question is um what are who are some other um Filipino authors or illustrators that you enjoy or that you when oh. you started seeing those books like who who has inspired you through that journey Okay I'm going to embarrass her, her again if she's <laughs> listening Erin Andrade Kelly is actually um she's my she's one of my mentors and she was actually one of the first Filipino MG authors that actually she was the first Filipino MG authors that totally inspired me to write. Like, wow. That made me realize that uh, there's space in the writing industry for Filipino authored books about Filipino kids. And um, yeah, yeah and, and what can I say? Like Erin is like just a genius when it comes to characterization. Like, every time you read her books, it's gonna be like reading a um it's like having a master class master class on characters wow. and like wow. characterization yeah it's like the voice for every one of her characters is just so distinct and um you can see that perfectly with um hello universe i think that's the new berry metal award-winning so but yeah it was so, so good <laughs> and like the voices of the multi like multi point of view narrative is like so distinct and it's so different from when you read the land of the forgotten girls it's like even much mm -hmm. so much different it's like how do you do this <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> how, how do you make each character so distinct and so real and and, and it's not just because she's her character main characters are filipinos it's like Every character that she has, they just seem to be so real, and and uh, mm. yeah, and like, Erin is like I call her Ati Erin. <laughs> yeah, Ati Erin is like totally an inspiration. And if you're listening, wow. Ati Erin, I hope you're embarrassed <laughs> because I mean, <laughs> we'll make sure we send it to her. Uh, I'll make sure that uh, I'm gonna like tag you <laughs> when this comes out because like you gotta hear like you're a genius. <laughs> Good, I just have a few more questions for you, and I think we have we can't finish the podcast without asking you about some of the lovely friends that you have at home with you. And I say friends meaning by the number of pets and animals <laughs> that you enjoy. Um, can we maybe? I know you have one with you right now, yes, um, but Hershey. what are some of your favorite? For those of you listening, you can't see Hershey right now, but <laughs> girl, can you just, just explain what you have in your hands right now? I have like um, a little duckling who was hatched two days ago. Adorable. Adorable. She, yeah. Unfortunately for her, she was the only one who hatched in this specific batch of eggs because our ducks are apparently getting lazy. <laughs> and um so she's kind of attached to me right now and i know it's a Nothing girl because like mm. we checked 
<laughs> we, oh. we we checked. There's that like a way. That is so lovely. Yeah. That is so lovely. Again, what other animals, I guess, do you have? And do I you have love? Um, three dogs. We have uh, we have two cats. Uh, what else do we have? We have two turtles. Our two turtles are like are like dogs. If they're yeah. hungry. Like they're going to come up to you and like just keep on tapping your foot. And and the funny thing about the, the turtle is that I remember uh, a, a few months ago, I believe, or a, a few, yeah, a couple of months ago, one of our turtles, the name is Tortellini. <laughs> Tortellini escaped mm. under the gate. Oh no. And like, yeah, my husband was like, Oh my gosh, where is Tortellini? Like, I could could feel his anguish because he really loves that turtle. And anyway, it's like we have this um we have a neighborhood Facebook group, and he like he posted photos of Tortellini. Please, if you have like if you've seen Tortellini, please call us because like we we miss her and stuff like that. And she's really friendly. She, you'd be able to touch her and and um thankfully. Uh, Tartaline didn't wander too far, just like three houses down. And oh. um, apparently, from, from the looks of it, our neighbor was... We get this feeling that they even hesitated on calling us. Because like, <laughs> that's how friendly she is. It's like uh-huh. I was like, thinking like, probably Tartaline was asking for food and like keep on like, you know, touching them and like begging them and stuff because Friendly. when we got there you know what they were like you can see that they were, every member of their family is like nearly in tears <laughs> but it was like you only had them like for less than a day <laughs> you only had her like she's been with you for like six hours <laughs> and why are you always crying so apparently as it turns out Tortellini made a huge impact into their lives and every now and then uh, they still like visit the like you know pass by our house like asking is Tortellini around that's so fun that's so fun that's yeah. so fun and, and right now I'm, I'm um, befriending a um, a um, how, how do you call that bird I think it's a Philippine pied fantail it's it's one of those wild birds and um, I, I believe this oh, wow. bird was a migratory bird because like uh, our house, our, our neighborhood is near the Sheremati Mountains. So like mm-hmm. a lot of birds, migratory birds pass pass or, uh, above us going through the mountains. And um, this particular bird, is like, it's, it's a really pretty bird. Like try looking it up, like Philippine uh, fantail. Pan, Fantail or something. Anyway, Pied, uh, the P-I-E-D, Pied Fantail. It's it, it, it's a really pretty bird, and like uh, I do know I since you I'm not sure in if where you are you have like a lot of like Maya birds, the spar- uh, sparrow, the, the brown sparrows. Like it, it's just pretty common. The, yeah, bird. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. probably pooping all over your balcony. <laughs> <laughs> like the the common bird is usually the um, 
the the brown sparrows, the Maya ones. But here we we really don't like the brown sparrows because they eat my duck's food. Like, oh wow! They, yeah, I mean like they go in packs, like huge flock of like Maya birds, just eat my duck's feed, and I'm like, oh wow! Ah, I can't like like leave and like they're like you know I don't know like unwanted guests and everything but then when this migratory bird somehow like you know passed by our house probably he liked it here so he made the home in in one of my yeah. husband's like yeah in one of our um, mulberry tree and then since then we don't have like brown sparrows anymore we wow. don't have freeloaders and I'm like But okay. Gail, come on. <laughs> of course, of course that, of course this bird enjoyed being around you. Like, of course. <laughs> well, he has a purpose, you know. He keeps the. Wow. He's very territorial, and like he doesn't like sharing. So, like he he keeps the brown sparrows away, and I'm like, uh, I'm gonna feed you. <laughs> I'm going to keep you here because. Well, like, We keep on like um. We even tried making like a scarecrow for the brown sparrows. It just doesn't work on them. It's like they know. <laughs> oh my god. They dear. know it's not a human, so like you can't <laughs> keep them out of that feed. And like then this uh, we call him blackbird because he's like black. He's a blackbird, literally. That. It's like, like the most that. unimaginative like name. <laughs> I love that. So I love, I love that you're just taking in animals, and animals are doing it without even asking. So yeah, like, they, they it's like time you, to so make. Probably they just like that. the house. I love that. I love that. Gail, where where can people find you online? Oh, I'm online. I'm everywhere as Gail D. Villanueva. It's it's not. Awesome. Really intentional, like maybe you were thinking, "Wow, Gail's like really good at marketing." Come out of that. <laughs> Now it's not really. It's nothing to do with that. It's like most, mostly just me. I just can't remember my usernames, so I no, just make sure good. to like. It's it's hard to remember, so I just stick to one. It's Gail D. Villanueva. Yeah, and even my website, it's Gail D. Villanueva. Dot com. So I'm in. And that's most actually smart. So. Yeah, I mean, like it's easier to remember for one thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, thank I mean, you so much. This is so much fun. Yeah, I so know. I had so much enjoy. Like Remy was telling me that uh, she she was she guessed in here.